Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta, and it's been 50 years since the English translation of Alexandra Solzhenitsyn's The Gulag Archipelago uh, first appeared. Uh, this, of course, as I mentioned earlier, uh, ended up winning Nobel Prize for Literature. It is a massive work. Uh, he recounts his years of imprisonment in Soviet labor camps for privately criticizing Stalin. And uh, to, to make it even more shocking, uh, this work, once it hit uh, the public, uh, became a major condemnation, not only of the Soviet uh, camp system, but of the Soviet Union itself. With me right now, uh, we've got Dr. Elizabeth Spaulding, chairman of the Victims of Communism Memorial Foundation and founding director of the Victims of Communism Museum. Uh, they are, uh, again, having uh, events uh, to celebrate uh, the 50-year anniversary of the Gulag Archipelago. Uh, again, uh, Dr. Spaulding is a senior fellow at the Pepperdine University School of Public Policy and a visiting fellow at the Van Andel Graduate School of Government at Hillsdale College. She's the author of The First Cold Warrior, Harry Truman, Containment, and the Remaking of Liberal Internationalism. And she's co-author of A Brief History of the Cold War. And you can follow her work at victimsofcommunism.org. Dr. Spaulding, good to have you here. Thanks. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you this afternoon. Well, tell me first of all about uh, what the Victims of Communism uh, is doing to help highlight the 50th anniversary of the Gulag. We're doing a major event, and, and uh, we highlight the, the Gulag Archipelago at other times. But because of the 50th anniversary of the publication in English, we thought this was an opportune time. Some people that are listening right now might remember having seen Alexander Solzhenitsyn. They might have even read the Gulag Archipelago. Uh, but so many in the rising generations, and, and even those that were alive at the time that he was, don't know anything about this great work. So we're doing a major seminar. We're going to have remarks from Dr. Daniel Mahoney, mm -hmm. who is an expert on, on Solzhenitsyn, and we're going to have a panel discussion. And in general, we'll be highlighting the parts of our museum that talk about Solzhenitsyn and this great work. Yeah. Um, the question from people, and I'm, by the way, I, I, I do think that this is, this is a conversation that needs to go on uh, for the next generation. The Solzhenitsyn was so big uh, for those of us who grew up in the 50s, 60s, and became aware of him in the 70s and 80s and into the 90s. But why should younger people today spend the time getting to know Solzhenitsyn's story? Yes. Uh, well, it's an amazing story uh, in terms of biography, and then it's an extraordinary story in terms of his work, including but not only the Gulag Archipelago. And on the biography part, you touched on several very important points, but uh, something that a lot of young people won't understand is that Solzhenitsyn um, proved himself in World War II as a patriot. Yeah. Uh, he was considered a very successful um, officer in the Soviet Red Army. And then he, he is taken down, as you said, for no real reason, private criticism. And he is sentenced 
to the gulag for eight years, and that's the beginning of his transformation into an anti-totalitarian, an anti-communist. And this starts fusing biography and the philosophy of his writing, where Solzhenitsyn uh, becomes somebody who completely changes philosophically over time, uh, and, and it comes out in this great work. Uh, and so that's part of what young people need to know, the lessons from the Gulag Archipelago, because they are relevant today, not just for the time of the Soviet Union. Right. I mean, we're seeing the uh, continued growth of another communist uh, nation-state, and that, of course, is the People's Republic of China. Um, exactly. And so communism isn't over, I guess is what I'm saying. No, no. As we say at the Victims of Communism Memorial Foundation, communism didn't die with the collapse of the Soviet Union and the Berlin Wall before then. And in fact, there are over 1.5 billion people still forced to live under communism today. Uh, and that includes the, the People's Republic of China. The story is told of Solzhenitsyn uh, hearing a, a man. Now, you, you, you'll correct me on this, but um, asking the question, why have these things come upon us? And the response was, we have forgotten God. Where yeah. is God in Solzhenitsyn's thought? Yes. So when you read the Gulag Archipelago, and I do commend it to everybody, and if they don't have time to read the three volumes, there's, a, there's an excellent one-volume abridged version that Solzhenitsyn himself approved. So This so is I by Erickson? It, so it was edited by him. There's a new 50th anniversary edition of it, okay. and the um, introductory essay is by Solzhenitsyn's widow. Oh. And so it is that, that translation. It's just out. It's well worth adding to your library. Yeah. Um, I commend it to all listeners. Um, but it, but this is something that is um, pointing to, how can I put this, um, Solzhenitsyn is, is talking about God all the way through the Gulag Archipelago, but it is not, it is not shoved down people's throats right. in the work. It is, just, it is a present theme, because what he's meditating on is the battle of good versus evil. Yeah. There's an Augustinian tone to a lot of the Gulag Archipelago, and, and some people may be familiar with um, one of the most famous passages from, from the work, where, where Solzhenitsyn talks about how there's a line running through every human heart, mm -hmm. um, separating good and evil. And what he sees is he sees it writ large in the totalitarian communist regime of the Soviet Union, and then he sees it in particular people that he's encountering in those eight years in the Gulag, uh, which you know run the gamut from the, the camp officials that, that have a lot of evil in them to, as he says, almost living saints, people who keep their faith and grow in their faith. Um, and he himself found faith in the gulag. Uh, so, so by meditating on that, that battle of good versus evil, he finds God um, and, and talks about that. Um, but, but it is something where you're really changed by reading the work um, and understand that he gets this both writ large as well as 
the battle that goes on within each soul. Would you say that central to Solzhenitsyn's moral and political vision is the non-negotiable distinction between truth and falsehood? I would absolutely say that, and I would um, say that um, the essay that he had timed for when he gets ex- exiled from the Soviet Union. So, so the um, he had written the Gulag Archipelago. It had taken him about ten years to write it in secret. He has um, gotten um, through Samas Dot Underground Publishing. He's gotten a couple of copies out uh, to the West. That's how it ends up being published um, in in late 1973, first in Russian um, in, from a Paris publisher, and then in 1974 in English and other languages. And so he also has secreted, with a couple of people that he trusts within the Soviet Union, copies of it. And and so he um, he has to um, get this get this across to people um and so it's definitely um what you say it is it is about it is about truth his entire search is for truth and at the time he is stripped arrested stripped of his citizenship and and um exiled ejected from the soviet union he publishes an essay called live not by lies Mm. and i recommend that to people if they have not ever looked at it Live Not By Lies is from 1974, exactly at that time. And he makes this whole point about truth uh, in that. So it's it's one place that has many of his themes that he elaborates on in the Gulag Archipelago and other works in that one essay. And the whole point is to search for the truth, live by truth, and not assent to the lie or lies. Very good. Very good. you were mentioning earlier editions of the Gulag Archipelago. Could you, again, recommend one in particular for us? I think this new edition, it's put out by Vintage Publications, is very fine because it's the corrected, abridged edition. So if some people have on their shelf an older, abridged edition, there were some errors in, in that. Okay. Um, as you can imagine, you know, over 30 million <laughs> copies of Solzhenitsyn in different, of just of the Gulag Archipelago and up in various languages. So this new one is, is corrected. Uh, so that's the one I would recommend right now, especially for people looking for a new copy rather than a used copy. Very good. Um, now, Solzhenitsyn ends up, he comes to the United States, uh, so he's exiled, comes to the United States, uh, continues his writing, goes back to the Soviet Union, or goes back to Russia. What happened to him there? That's right. He decides, after all those years in exile, to return to Russia after 1991. So he goes back in, I think it was 1994-ish or so, okay. and he he commits to living again. Um, he does a, a he doesn't go back directly to Moscow. He goes to the east of of Russia and works his way westward. Uh, does a tour essentially, talks about things, and then he um, he talks to people. He writes again. He, he gets more and more spiritual in his writings. Oh. Some of his meditations are thinking about what is Russia going forward. Um, there's a period where, I, in my opinion, he's too enamored of Putin. Um, mm. and, okay. um, but he, he, is, he is wrestling with and trying to finish out various themes of his lifelong work. 
because he's he knows he's aging. He doesn't know when he's going to die. He yeah. dies in 2008 at the age of 89. But he knows he only has a precious number of years left. Yeah. And he keeps working. So <laughs> He keeps working. He doesn't stop. And he was a dedicated person that way. He knew, he knew what he had to do. Yeah. He had a vocation. Dr. Spaulding, thanks for being with me today. Can people follow up just by going to victimsofcommunism.org? Absolutely. And we look forward to um, having some of them at our event on Thursday or perhaps streaming it afterwards. Very good. Thank you.